What if your life was a dance? What if you could learn to perform it with grace and power? My name is Tudor Alexander, and I want to be your partner as we choreograph the dance of life. Join me as we share in some of the most meaningful life lessons and strategies that I've discovered in my career as a professional athlete and entrepreneur. We'll talk business, transformation, gratitude, and everything in between as we dance our way through life. Together, we'll learn and navigate life's changes and dance to whatever the music is playing. Are you ready? It's time for the dance of life. Today, we are back again with another Create a Life You Love interview, where I interview people from a variety of places, artists, entrepreneurs, business people, professionals of all kinds of varieties on how they are pursuing their passions and creating a life that they love and living it full out. I have an awesome guest today. My guest is the queen of the universe. You did it. Of course I did it. Yes, of course I'm going to do it. Gina Pollard, how are you? I'm doing great, Tudor. Thanks so much. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm totally excited. So Gina educated me that Regina is named for a queen. So we're going to call her the queen of the universe today because she she is awesome. So I'll let her kind of introduce herself and and tell her what, what do you do for a living, Gina? So I have a couple of jobs because, uh, you know, one is never enough. Um, my primary thing is that I have a private practice because I am a certified grief recovery specialist, certified by the Grief Recovery Institute, uh, and then I'm a life transitions coach. So I spend my days helping people to get over pain and move forward in their lives. And then I also teach spiritual formation at um, a local seminary. What's spiritual formation? What is that all about? So spiritual formation for the students that I teach is all about integrating their faith into what it is that they're doing in life. Mm. So whether they're business people or they're studying to be pastors or they are um, studying to be a therapist, it's all about the integration of their faith with their life. Oh, beautiful. I mean, that's such a that's such an important life path to have to help people through these difficult challenges in their life. Like, sure. What what made you decide, you know, when did, when was that purpose clear to you? Was it, you know, when you were a kid, were other kids coming to you to kind of talk about their problems or things that had happened to them? Or was this something that happened to you, uh, you know, later in life when you, when you found a calling towards this direction? So it's a really interesting thing because I can remember times actually on the playground that um, I would lead a group of kids in um, meditation, which is just such wow. an odd thing That's to like do. Early on, man. Uh, yeah, really early on. And then I went away from it because my career is very varied. I spent a lot of time in corporate um, finance, uh, corporate IT, um, insurance, you name it. Um, and then I came back to it after having come through um, a really ugly relationship. So I'm a survivor mm. of domestic violence, um, recovering addict and alcoholic. Got it. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of pain. And so as I began to do the healing work, then I realized that I um, could speak into people's lives mm -hmm. and help them discover the hope that I had in that's order beautiful. to move forward. So out of pain comes our work. Yeah, that's, I was just going to say our gifts, you know, our wounds are our greatest gifts that we can help people Absolutely. through. So that's, yeah. uh, that's beautiful that you're able to transform that in this life. Sometimes it takes a couple lifetimes for people to figure it out, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. What's your favorite part of the process of the work that you get to do? I mean, there's a lot of, 
great things about it, obviously. Um, name, you know, one of your favorite parts to what you get to do. My very favorite part is when people get this aha moment and they understand that they don't have to live the way that they've been living. Hmm. Um, and then my second favorite part is when my clients learn to put shame that they've been carrying all their life back on the people who caused them the pain mm. and that they're not carrying the weight of the world. Got it. Yeah. yeah. That's such a big one. Shame is such a, such a controlling emotion and it's so primal. You know, we have these, these animalistic uh, social emotions that are so powerful, you know, and shame is a big one. You know, I, I'm imagining that a lot of the people you deal with carry a very big burden of shame uh, along with the grief, obviously. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I talk a lot about the fact that guilt says I did something wrong. So it's really transactional. Mm -hmm. Guilt is, um, it's kind of a legal term if you think about it, that you yeah. did something wrong. Um, but shame says I am wrong, mm -hmm. that there is something inherently flawed in me. And so it's really a different kind of mindset when I can help people to see that they made a mistake. If they, if they really made a mistake mm. and then that they can correct it or move on from it as opposed to there being something wrong with it's like them. like this eternal in state end. of being, of being wrong. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. That's interesting. I really like that distinction, how guilt is kind of a, a sense of a contractual agreement that you broke and mm -hmm. shame is really like you've accepted the truth that you're wrong. Like you've, you've accepted that. As your truth. I didn't say the truth, but you've accepted it as your truth. That right. Because uh, then it means that you can't change. Yeah, exactly. For a lot yeah, of it's people. It's like a permanent yeah. state. Huh. Yeah. That's cool. Well, with your the relationships in your life, like, you know, how long have you been doing this? The work that you're doing now? Mm. When did you make the plunge into, um, into I, doing this? Well, I've been doing it um, for almost 10 years, but mm -hmm. I really moved out onto my own and created my practice like five years ago. Okay. So with your practice and kind of journeying out into doing your own thing. This is more of a question regarding the entrepreneurial side of it, which mm -hmm. is basically the relationships in your life. How did that look like? Were they supportive initially? I mean, making a move like this on your own is usually a risk. Obviously, it's yeah. perceived as like, hey, what are you doing? You know, uh -huh. <laughs> go back to the bank job, the safe, cushy, you know, life. So what was that like for you with your relationships? Were they supportive? Were they not? What did you have to do and feel in your social circle. So it's really interesting because when I first started toying with the idea, I had a circle of friends who were not necessarily supportive. Mm. Um, they really thought that I was being too, quote, fancy, end mm -hmm. quote. Yeah. Um, and I pruned them from my life. And so it's really well, important you. that you prune <laughs> away the things that no longer serve you. Yeah, absolutely. Nina Simone has a line that says you got to learn to get up from the table when love is no longer being served. Hmm. And I love that quote. That's a good That's, one. Isn't that a great quote? Yeah, yeah. I love that. So um, I pruned that and then began to cultivate relationships with people who caught my vision hmm. and who could understand that this is at the core who I am that I do mm -hmm. it, whether I'm getting paid for it or not. Yeah, They got you. Yeah. They got me. Mm -hmm. And so, um, my, uh, inner, inner circle, uh, is really supportive and always has been that's and believes great. in me. Yeah. Beautiful. I mean, that's, I think that's what it comes down to is like you said, you have to get up from the table when love isn't being served and you have to, uh, you know, 
create if if your relationships around you aren't supportive for the next move in your life, then you have to create that new set of relationships. Sure, you know, and that means that you let go of the energy vampires. Yeah. And Absolutely. you um, get away from the dream suckers. Yeah. Because there are a lot of people that will not want you to succeed. Yeah. Because you're not in their idea of who you are. Mm. And in some cases, they're just scared. Yeah. Because you're doing things that they wish that What is that, that going to make them do? look like if you're yeah. successful? Yeah. It's like a... And if you're successful, are you going to leave me behind? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's it's a big these, one. Uh, primal comparisons that we we have they're unhealthy all the time we're comparing ourselves yeah like, oh i'm going to be left behind or oh what is that going to mean if you're going to be successful you know that kind of thing so sure. it's it's interesting well with your with your practice you've been going strong now five years was there a point in time when the confidence in your path became real to you in the sense that you know you, you have a vision and in, in your mind that happens immediately obviously so it takes a while for the world to catch up. And in that gap, usually there's a lot of that self-talk that's like, man, is this going to work out? Is this, you Mm -hmm. know, that kind of thing. When did it become real for you? When was it, when was a moment when either you had a big break or something happened where, you know, your first client or let's say you're whatever. I mean, you can name what it was for you, but when did it become real for you? When was your confidence that, okay, you know what, this is going to really work out. I'm really on the right path here. And there were two, and I can't separate the two of them. Yeah, so. go for um, it. <laughs> the first one was the first time that I had a client sign a four-figure contract with me. Oh, wow, nice. Um, and that was like, oh, wait, this person believes in what I'm helping yeah, them to do. The and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is great. Um, but then the other thing is a less tangible thing that happened. I did um, my very first workshop. Oh, cool. Uh, and had like 20 people there. Um, and what, what one of the things on? it was on discovering what your values are. I spent a lot of time with mm. people in my coaching practice talking about the disconnect between what our deepest values are mm-hmm. and what our lives are looking like mm. because we are stuck in things. We, we live in an unexamined life. Uh, and this particular instance, one of the people that was there uh, in the values exercise, and then she looked at her life and she said, I keep saying that I value fun but I'm not making time for fun mm. in my life. Yeah. Um, and so she began to understand, oh, I'm giving lip service to one thing and that's not what my life is looking yeah, like. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. And then I watched her then begin to um, inject fun in her life, joining mm-hmm. a singing group, yeah. going on trips, and just really being intentional about having yeah, fun. Yeah, doing what she's going to say that she's going to do. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And it may seem like fun is not a, a big deal in business, but fun refreshes us. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and it helps us to remember who we are and to discover new things. Yeah. Keeps you playful. It keeps you in that curious state of mind, which is also creative and generative. Sure, you know, for the absolutely, the generative. Yeah, absolutely. Do. So wonderful. Well, with the future of what you're doing, here's a question in regards to you know looking ahead. What what does that picture look like for you? Let's say five years from now, ten years from now, where do you want to go with what you're doing, and what do you need to do? Who do you need to be? You know that kind of thing to to get there. Well, that's a really good question. Thanks for stumping me at this particular point in time. <laughs> Thanks. Um, 
So there are a couple of things that I really want to do. Obviously, um, I need to um, get moving on a book. Yeah, I was going to ask you actually yeah. if you had a book because um, a lot of the work you do I have really an great. outline I'm working on right now, yeah. um, but I haven't done it. So I need to find the inner courage myself to see myself as it's, an author. You know what? It's a process. <laughs> I'm writing. I, I'm writing this book right now that's named after this podcast. But I just had an idea for another book that I need to finish before the book that I initially started. Uh-huh. And it's I love writing, but writing a book is is a whole different monster. You know, you can't finish it in one sitting. So yeah. inherently. It brings out all of the things inside of you that need to work, whether that's patience, whether that's focus or yeah. believing yourself. Everything that you need to work on will come forward when you commit to a project that takes more than just a day to finish. You know? Absolutely. So, and if you're an extrovert, a, it's really hard because writing is such is solitary. Yeah, it is yeah. very solitary. It's, so it's like, you got to be uh, able to sit do? there and commit in a room and... Not talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah, which will be, you know, increasingly difficult, as you can tell. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, I want to do that. Um, I also am writing a curriculum. Oh, nice. Uh, for um, Like an online course or to like... To be able a... to use... No, I'm actually launching um, an online course. Okay, uh, cool. That starts next week, actually. Okay. Uh, and I'm really, really excited to do that. But um, I want a curriculum that I can train other people to use. Yeah. In terms of um, mirroring values... Um, a deep understanding of what the triggers are in our past mm-hmm. that keep us from living the examined life mm-hmm. and then helping us to have the plan to do it. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. So w- with that one, do you have a goal as far as when you want to release that curriculum? Or? I'd really like to have it done by um, the end of September. End of September. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. The The online class that I have that launches, um, May 15th is when it launches, Um is uh, really the trial run mm-hmm. for the the curriculum. Okay. So we're moving forward with that one. Yeah, the beautiful. book is on the back burner, but yeah. You know, it all has to happen in like puzzle pieces. I I've had so many things come up in my life, and for me personally, I love having everything nice and organized in a neat little row. And it's been everything but that in the of course. last like couple months. So yeah, it's like okay, I thought I wanted one thing, but then there's like five other steps that need to do that. And then each one of those steps has like four steps in it. So by the time you get to the one thing you originally wanted, it's like 20 steps later. But you you start to learn the process and it gives you patience to delay, you know, gratification and all those wonderful sure. things that, that come into your life. Um, well, with these things that you're up to, I mean, I guess, or even even the journey up to this point, my question is about a challenge, you know, that you have experienced that was very significant. And how did you get back to creativity? How did you get back to motivation, you know, uh, with the work that you're doing specifically? So whether it was, you know, a client or a business issue um, or, you know, I guess a personal issue, whatever it is you want to share that was very significant. And most importantly, what was what was the springboard back from that situation? How mm-hmm. what did you do to get yourself back to balance and, like I said, creativity, love, and motivation? Those kind of wonderful things. So early on in this whole private practice thing, um, a friend and I decided that we would go into business together, mm-hmm. and that we would present workshops and things like that. Um, and we met with a business coach early on who okay. said, don't ever go into business with a friend. Mm, and we yeah. thought, oh, no, we'll be the exception. 
<laughs> Don't we all? Right? We were not the exception, yeah. and things ended really, mm. really badly. Um, with radically different work styles and radically different ideas of what was important in the business. Mm. Uh, and so again, that ended, it ended badly, which did two things. Cause I already had a retreat mm. that was being planned that I'd made deposits on that was going to happen. And I wow. ended up having to do that by myself, Oof. which ended up actually working out well. Okay, I had good. a couple of friends that, um, that sort of stepped in at the last minute and helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was an amazing experience to mm. do that. So, um, it did two things for me. First of all, it reminded me that, um, I'm enough. Hmm which is that thing that we all need to be reminded of is that I have the tools and that people will come in and step in to help where I need them, but I'm still the primary visionary. Um, and it also let me know that, um, my vision was still true Mm. because some amazing things came out of the participants on that weekend retreat up in Prescott. Yeah, that you what you had in mind was still valid and it was yes. workable and it was it worked. It yeah. Had, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was really interesting because the business coach had seen something in me that he had not seen in my partner. Hmm. And I was trying to make up for her hmm. those things that she didn't have. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, so this didn't work. We're going to stay solo, hmm. bring people in as I need them to help because I'm, you know, we all need to say yes to help. Yeah. Um I learned a lot of lessons. Yeah. yeah. Out of that bad situation. So partnership is a it's a tough thing. I mean, cooperation it's interesting because as a business owner you have to understand cooperation. But partnership is kind of a different realm because especially when you're both equals and you're managing money and you're you're making decisions, if like you said, the values being in the same realm is a very important part. I know that like for example, you know, obviously I ballroom dance and I have a partner and it's like there's so many times when you see, if we use dancing as a as a metaphor for, I guess, business, where people can be both very talented, but they have two very different styles. Right. And without partnership skills on both ends, uh, you know, you're just going to exhaust each other trying to pull on each other's arms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying yeah, to, you know, absolutely. You know, trying to go for control and all these things that are everywhere, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, partnership is, is a very interesting and dynamic lesson that we're always learning yeah in business or whatever else relationships um with your current life right now you know challenges are never in short supply so for you what is a recurring obstacle that you have to deal with that comes around and how do you deal with it you know whether it's i don't know it could be let's say uh, a type of client that comes in or it's a business thing or logistics or internally maybe it's an internals issue. I don't know, whatever it is. What is something that's recurring for you and how do you deal with it? So with the grief work, it's interesting because there's either a seven week curriculum that I follow for um, one-on-one or eight week for groups. Mm -hmm. And every time I have a client graduate, there's this fear that there'll never be another client. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, And I've been talking to other uh, friends who have, programs that they walk their mm-hmm. clients through and we've been laughing because every time it's always it's the, always yeah, the, it's like what if I I'll never get another client again <laughs> and then the next thing you know there's more clients there's never that are yeah coming isn't in. that funny so um yeah so it's resting in the fact that what i offer is 
meaningful mm, mm-hmm. and it's valuable and people need it. Cause a lot of times with the grief work, I have people say, Oh, I know I need to come see you, mm. but you're going to make me cry and I don't <laughs> want to cry. Yeah. They're yeah. So, you know, I, sometimes for me, it's just standing still and letting people come to me. Yeah. Cause yeah, they will it. come and sometimes they will leave and then come back. Mm. You know, I think that's something, uh, a lot of us can relate to personally. I'm the same way. I'm, naturally a chaser you know and it's like the hardest thing for me was to just learn that you know what just do the best you can and things will gravitate towards you it's a different kind of a energy so um well what's your what's your take from the life path that you've had for others you know for example the work that you do it requires being creative and finding solutions for people, looking at their life and mm-hmm. every case is different. So what are some useful strategies that you've gained for your own life to maintain your creativity, your flow by working with people? What are some things that you employ that you found the most effective in maintaining that that high? You know, to work with people, you have to be at a high vibration, especially grief work. I mean, that's that's a huge deal. So how do you do it? What are the, some of the, do you meditate? Do you go for walks? Do you drink hot tea? Like what's your, <laughs> what are some useful strategies for other people who are, you know, in the service industry or entrepreneurial or whatever, even working a desk job and they want to be at a higher state? What are some lessons that you found valuable? So it's been an interesting year uh, personally and professionally, but my, when I started 2018, I started with the word wholehearted. Because mm, I, I don't like do that. resolutions, I have a word for the year. Okay, like a theme. Yeah, mm-hmm. for the year, and and it, and I'm always trying to go back and go. Okay, what part of wholehearted am I not doing? What mm. do I need to live more wholeheartedly? So, this has been a year of learning new things mm. and trying new things. Um, in my um, circles, I'm like one of the adventurous people who's always oh, trying something nice. new. Okay, so it's very like, cool. <laughs> like, how many people do you know, and how do you know that? It's because I just went and did it. Yeah. So, awesome. um, I took an art class earlier this year, Amanda, who okay. we both know, did yeah. an art class. What kind of art um, and painting? It's or? called Zen doodling. So Whoa. it's actually meditative doodling, Oh, okay. which was so lovely because I'm not a really good silent, quiet meditator. I mm. need to be moving. Yeah. Um, but I don't think of myself as artistic. Hmm. So for me, it was important to see that I could make something beautiful. Yeah, that you could be artistic regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then um, I've taken um, other classes this year, too. I just totally blanked on the other one I took a couple of weekends ago. So I'm trying out new things. Yeah, super. On my own to be able to um, think of myself in different ways. Mm. They're stress relievers Different dimensions for me of your yeah. own being. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, I think that that's really huge is that we never stop growing mm-hmm. and trying out new things. Absolutely. Because yeah. that's how we discover, um, that's how I discover things to add to my practice. Yeah, that you can contribute back to others. Others, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or there are things that I just keep for me. Yeah, you know, so that's that's really uh, an important thing. Yeah. I think uh, trying something new is always, uh, you know, I talk about transformation, some other in- interviews and other things that I've had. And one of the dimensions I've found from interviewing so many people that uh, the transformation exists when we try something new. Yes. Anytime when you try something new, it's always a transformative experience, even if you don't like it. 
you at least gain some window into, you know, something. Like you said, the examined life. If you are a person who lives an examined life and you, you look at your life in critical detail, even if you don't like it, you're going to take that experience and say, okay, well, I know that I don't like it. Or you know what? Why don't I like it? What about me is, is resisting this yeah. challenge? It's always going to lead to something by trying something new. So. And that's a really important question. What is it that is causing me to resist this? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Is it um, a prior... Um, incident that happened is it my belief that that's not who I am and if that, exactly, if I don't believe yeah. that's who I am why don't I believe that's yeah. who I am it really leads to some sort of internal work yeah. you know, if you if you take it upon yourself so yeah tr- trying something new is that's gonna that was actually you know honestly I, I can relate to you because this year for me has been a lot of new stuff I I honestly had no clue about podcasting when I first started this. Uh, it's currently May. And this episode's probably out in several months from now. But when I first started this podcast in January, I literally had no clue about podcasting. I had no clue about social media, about anything. I didn't. Even, I barely used Facebook. And so oh, wow. Okay. I've really been trying to push myself outside my comfort zone and, and using those things more as a, an effective tool. And it's been great. I mean, it's uh, it's given me so many things that actually I I enjoy some of those things. You know, it's like, sure. oh, wow, actually, I never thought I would I would like these things, mm-hmm. you know. So that's very cool. Well, what yeah. advice do you have for people in your particular area of work? Let's say somebody who's in the spiritual field or even entrepreneurs, you know, people who want to get into working with other people who are working them with them right now. What advice do you have for people who are in the work of what you do? That relationships matter. Mm. Um, that it's not just about the end and getting through whatever it is that you're teaching your client. Mm-hmm. That for me, it's also about understanding why they are where they are mm. and helping them to recognize where they are as well. Um, you know, we keep talking about the unexamined life, but it's so critical. Um, Socrates was right that the unexamined life basically has no purpose. Um, yeah, it just is. It just is. It's like yeah. Sisyphus and the, uh, you know, the, yes, you're constantly pushing the, pe- the, the pebble, the, push the pebble and pushing the pebble. meaningless yeah. existence. Um, so that the thing for me is also, um, understanding that, I have to let go of me and be totally in with my clients. Mm. So I'm such an empath. Yeah. I'm such an empath, but the, and the pro, I mean, it's, it's two edged. It's really great because I'm able to sense where my clients are and, and, um, lead them to the point where they actually understand it. Um, but it would also be very easy for me to carry their stuff. Yeah, exactly. You got to balance it out. You really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where having trusted people around you. So mm-hmm. I have many circles of friends. I'm very grateful for that. Um, but I have some people who will just look at me and go, what are you thinking? Mm. You need to let that go. <laughs> and we need those people. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Um, yeah. I'm known uh, in some circles as the no BS coach. The no BS. Because <laughs> I, I ask those questions. Yeah. I look at people straight in the eyes and go, yeah, let's get it out on the table. How did you get to that idea? Because right. I'm not really sure about that. Um, and so as a result, though, I have therapists among my among my clients mm. because I can ask the hard questions yeah um, and then sit with people as they come up with those answers so don't be afraid 
to be who you are in yeah. the midst of doing what it is that you're doing. Yeah, and sometimes you have to have those hard moments where you have to be, you know, it's, I can relate to this because we all feel when you're working with somebody else, let's say you, you see they're going through something or you want to help them through it. And there's a part of you that has that shame. It's like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to be the person that adds to their agony by asking this really hard question or, Mm -hmm. or calling them out on some BS, you know, and it's ultimately, I think, if you remind yourself, what is your stand for that person? You know, if your stand is that you believe, number one, that they are greater than their problems, that they have that potential in them to be a superstar, to be, you know, that's why I say in the dance world, but it's, you know, same, same in life, somebody who is greater than the stuff that they're carrying. If you come from that perspective, then you aren't wrong or you shouldn't feel shameful for really making them accountable. You know, because a lot of times, like this is one lesson I learned in working with people is that it's okay to make them accountable because if you don't, especially if you're in a position to be real with them, then you are believing in their smallness. You are believing that they can't handle that problem. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you and that's not your job as a as a coach, you know, as a person or or whatever. It, it doesn't matter, honestly. Even if you're, you know, selling printers, you know, or whatever. I don't know. Whatever it is, you have to believe in it to the max because you represent that vision, that that highest value for your company, for whatever you're doing, and you have to convey it to that person. Whether they choose to go with it or not, that's ultimately nothing you can control. But uh, your stand for them, you, your place which you believe in for them, has to be of the highest caliber. Sure. So, Absolutely. Um, that was something I learned, you know, a lot in the work that, that I do as well. So it's cool to hear that from a you know, different aspects. So, yeah. well, anything you're excited about that's coming up? Any retreats or anything you're planning or any personal fun stuff you're getting together and creating for? I'm really excited the about summer. this online class that drops yeah, on the 15th. Yeah, that's really um, cool. That is. Um, What's the class about again? It's uh, it's called Spring Clean Your Life. Okay, cool. Uh, and it's all online. It's six sessions spread over twelve weeks. Um, and what we do is what the process that I talked about is mm-hmm. um, looking at your values. Yeah. Figuring out what needs to clear out of your life. I spend mm-hmm. a lot of time talking to clients about clearing the decks. Mm-hmm. So that means clearing out bad habits. Yeah. It may mean pruning your friends list. Yeah. Um, which sometimes people get a little, what am I going to do? But you have ways of being able to limit the people that are toxic in your life, the mm-hmm. people that don't help you feed your dream. Uh, so we'll spend some time talking about that. We will look at um, what it is that you believe that you are meant to be in the world. Mm. And then we'll start talking about what is it that you need to get there mm-hmm. and start mapping out a plan. The first plan is 90 days. Nice. Uh, to talk about what is it that you need. Um, we want to talk about resources, not just the resources in terms of money and mm-hmm. financing. We want to talk about who do you need that has expertise? Yeah, who's your relationship resources? Area? Yeah, because if you know that you're not good with administrative stuff, then get somebody yeah, who can keep somebody, your calendar yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, if you know that money is not your thing, make sure you hire an accountant. Mm. Those kinds of things. 
uh, and then um, we'll write some affirmations and we'll look at a plan uh, included in that. There's a lot of homework because mm-hmm. I have people doing a lot of writing yeah. um, about what is going on in their lives currently and the life that they imagine for themselves. And we'll have a private Facebook group so that uh, people can encourage each other and I can oh, cool. upload things as well. And so it's a whole um, realm of support Very for people. Cool. And I like the online format because people can do it even as Anywhere. they're on vacation. Yeah. So, you know, summer in Arizona, people leave. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I have a number of clients around the country. Mm-hmm. So this way you can do it um, from the comfort of wherever you are. Yeah, that's super. It's accessible yeah. at any point in time. Yeah. So. so I'm really excited about that. Cool. Well, good luck with that. That's Thanks. really an awesome project. Love to yeah. hear about it. Anything uh, that you are grateful for right now? I should say, what's the biggest thing that you're grateful for? I know there's a lot going on that's awesome in your life. Right now, in this moment, what are you the most grateful for? I am grateful for second, third, fifth, tenth, twentieth chances in life. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. (laughs) That um, we always get a chance to do more or better. Yeah. It's so nice to be able to use failure as a tool to move forward. Yeah. Not fun when you're going through it. Not fun when you're going through it. (laughs) But on the other side, yeah. Yeah. It's good. I'm grateful for do-overs. I like that. Well, any final words of wisdom, Gina? Um, I think the big thing is that people in the world need to know that they're a Um, appreciated and that they're seen and they're heard Mm. and so if each day each person can make sure that they smile at somebody that Mm. they ask somebody how they're doing and then actually listen Mm -hmm. um, share a story or listen to a story that's the big thing we belong to each other yeah we belong to each other Mm. and so um, we are community created and so we need to continue that Keep it going. Love yeah. it. Beautiful. Where where can they find out more about you, about the class? You want to let them know what's sure. a good place? Um, I can be found uh, at my website, www.ginapollard.com. Uh, on Facebook, I'm Gina Pollard, Certified Grief Recovery Specialist. On Instagram, I'm Gina D. Pollard. Uh, and on Twitter, I'm Gina Pollard. So Beautiful. I'm all over the place. Oh, yeah. And I'm on uh, LinkedIn as well. So Awesome. I'm, a social media junkie. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I just, and LinkedIn is awesome though. I think it's honestly going to be the next, Facebook has gotten, I don't know. I, I don't find it that effective anymore. I think LinkedIn, some of these newer ones, it's gotten a real, uh, you know, facelift with everything. It's yeah. LinkedIn is really cool. Yeah. And there are classes actually that you can take. Yeah. It's very professional and, and yeah. it's, it's cool. So yeah. Very cool. Well, that concludes our interview on creating a life you love today with Gina Pollard, the queen of the universe. <laughs> I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> yep, we're going to have that in there. Thank you for tuning in every Friday, guys, where I host these conversations with some amazing people about their journey towards living a life full out. If you'd like to be on the show or contribute to a future episode, you can reach me through my website or social media accounts. I hope that this episode has contributed to your own journey. If you know anyone that could benefit from today's show, share it with them. You never know what difference it will make on the path towards living their life purpose. So thank you for supporting the show and helping me to create a resource for people to empower themselves in creating a life that they love. Thank you again, Gina Pollard. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. My pleasure. All right, guys. We'll see you later. 
You're listening to the Dance of Life podcast with your host, Tudor Alexander. Join me weekly as I discuss my most meaningful life lessons and strategies on entrepreneurship, transformation, gratitude, and how to dance your way through life. For the latest content and bonus material, make sure you get subscribed using your favorite listening platform. And if you like today's episode or want to contribute to a future episode, share your ideas and keep the conversation going at danceoflife.com. And remember, life is short, so you might as well learn to dance your way through it. Until next time, I'm Tudor Alexander, and this is the Dance of Life.